The NFL playoff picture is almost set. We're heading into week 18. And a happy new year to all you guys listening. Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast brought to you by USA Today Sports. I'm Safi Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We're your NFL insiders with USA Today. Can't start the show, can't start the new year off without welcoming a new addition to the It's a Football Podcast team. Tyler, you look a little tired. Your eyes look a little, uh, you know, you're looking like you could use some sleep, but uh, there's a very good reason why you're not as rested to start the new year. Yeah, uh, there's a new boss in town. His name is uh, Tyler Jr. My wife and I welcomed a baby boy uh, into the year, December 30th. He was born early in the morning, but he was our little New Year's baby. So he's keeping us up uh, late at night and early in the morning. But he's a bundle of joy. We're so blessed to have him. And yeah, he's our New Year's uh, present, bringing in 2024 with a new addition to the family. Well, congrats. Excuse me. Congrats to you guys. A beautiful addition to the family. Uh, I'm pretty sure you didn't watch any NFL games this weekend because of your new bundle of joy. So I oh no, I did. I did. I did. And he watched. He watched some too. Man, he's, he's getting ready already. Came came out the yeah. room already watching NFL. Stuff. Oh yeah. That's beautiful. Oh yeah. Tyler, the Baltimore Ravens are far and away the Super Bowl favorite. Uh, if they didn't prove it during their beatdown of the San Francisco 49ers. On uh, Monday Night Football uh, a week ago, they definitely showed it again in their beatdown of the Miami Dolphins last Sunday in Baltimore. Uh, I think it's pretty much a given that Lamar Jackson is the MVP uh, because of his uh, you know, performances in the last two games. He's the runaway MVP. I don't think there's anybody that can catch him up in the last two weeks. And the thing I love about this Ravens team the most, Tyler, is what Lamar Jackson kind of said after the game. Like, you know, they won the AFC North. They locked up the one seed in the AFC. Like, all that is fine and dandy, but Lamar Jackson said, we're looking towards February. You know, he wasn't satisfied <laughs> with all those other mm-hmm. things. And I, I just love that, hearing that from Lamar Jackson, who, you know, has been one of the most, uh, you know, underappreciated quarterbacks in our league, even though he already has an MVP. He might be looking at number two, and he might be looking at his first Super Bowl if all goes well for Baltimore in the playoffs. So a few things jumped out to me while I was watching that game. And one is how well the Ravens offense moves the ball without Mark Andrews. And that's definitely a testament to Lamar Jackson and his just development as a passer. I mean, he's uh, one of the best passers in the NFL now. A lot of times people were knocking how he wasn't a very good passer, maybe a below average passer. I never thought that, but the way he passes the football, the complete command he has with the offense and the rapport he has with the receivers, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr. and company, Isaiah likely is turning into a, a really good tight end. I mean, man, if Mark Andrews comes back, maybe to the, for the Super Bowl or definitely next year, they're going to have a, 12 personnel is going to be outstanding for that football team. And then another thing that jumped out to me during that game is Safa, you and all the Miami Dolphins fans like, Oh, are y'all punching air right now with the <laughs> Because the game wasn't really close. The Ravens dominated uh, from pretty much start to finish. Similarly to how they did against the San Francisco 49ers. They uh, made an 
emphatic, emphatic statement that they are the team to be in the NFL. They are the best team in the AFC, and they beat the best team in the NFC. So Lamar Jackson and though his naysayers, the people that said that he isn't the front runner for the MVP or saying that he shouldn't win the MVP, they're definitely punching air. I got in some arguments and them on social media last week. Now it's like, <laughs> um, I just got to show, put on a tape. I'm, who else are you going to give MVP to? He is the best player right now. He's playing the best in football right now. And that's over Patrick Mahomes, over everybody. Now, yes, I would say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, but I might say Lamar Jackson is the second best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I would right say now, so too. Yeah, and yeah. the Ravens, even that defensively, they are, you know, their def- defense deserves a shout-out too. They've been battling injuries, but the way that they have shut down teams with high-powered offenses, the Ravens are good, man. Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, definitely. Look, I think a lot of people were wrong about Lamar Jackson coming out of Louisville. I remember going to that Louisville, Florida State game where he beat them, I believe, 63 to 20 in Louisville. And just seeing him uh, absolutely light up that FSU defense when I was covering FSU. Um, He's improved every year as a passer. You can't get that's not a knock against him anymore. He's not just a running quarterback anymore although he is so dynamic in the open field when he is using his legs. Um, All the knocks that you could say about Lamar Jackson should be out the window right now. You either just are really anti-Lamar Jackson if you have anything to say about him at that point, at this point in my opinion. Um, (laughs) But he's proven everybody wrong, and he's continued to do so. And, uh, you know, just if he wins the MVP, just think about, you know, these couple stats I I, I noted here. Um, In the Super Bowl era, the youngest quarterback to win the – when Lamar Jackson won his MVP, right, he was the youngest player to do it. That was the year after Patrick Mahomes was the youngest player to do it, right? So we're talking 2018, 2019. Now you look at it here. Mahomes was, this, was the youngest player to win two MVPs at 27 last year. Lamar's about to break that again at 26 this year uh, if he wins his second MVP. But the craziest part to me is when you even think about it, two MVPs by age 26 – no NFL player in history has done that. Not Peyton Manning, not Tom Brady, you know, even Patrick Mahomes because he was 27. No quarterback is, is has the potential to do what Lamar Jackson has in front of him if he does win the MVP here uh, for Baltimore this year. So I, I don't expect Lamar to play on Sunday against the Steelers. It's kind of a, a, a game with, um, you know, meaningless game for Baltimore in that standpoint because they have the number one seed locked up already but man i i think all the naysayers are definitely eating their words and trying to figure out where they went wrong on their lamar jackson evaluation because he is a a, a, a you know he's a square circle that he's, he's a square that you couldn't fit in a round circle mm-hmm. and now you know he's something that's so unique and and what baltimore has done is really uh you know transform the entire team to run around him and it was the right move for them to make because look at the ravens now heading into the playoff mix. You know who really should be ashamed of themselves? All those teams that made like public statements that they weren't interested in trading for Lamar Jackson. I mean, teams like the Falcons, the Commanders. I mean, really? <laughs> really? Yeah, you could have had now. him for two you could have had him for two first round picks. 
The Panthers, Panthers got picks to give away. Right. Lamar Jackson is probably worth about three first-round picks. He will change your franchise like he's done with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, just to stop. So I, I want to ask you this. I have him as the second-best quarterback in football with yeah. all the quarterbacks, healthy or not, over Burrow, over Herbert, over Josh Allen. I have mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson right behind Patrick Mahomes. Those are my one-two. So you agree? You agree with yeah, that? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Wow. I would add Tua in your group. I would add Tua in Come your on. group. You're, you definitely Stop forgot it. to add Tua Tongavalo in your group there. He's in. He's fringe um, 10. <laughs> fringe top 10. Um, no, I, I think um, I think when you saw the Bengals lose to the Chiefs in the AFC title game last year, it was mm-hmm. Burrow and, and it was Burrow at number two. And this year, you know, by far, I think it's Lamar Jackson. Um, and 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 obviously this season, Lamar is one over Mahomes, right? Um, do I put him over Mahomes in the scheme of things? You know, it's hard to do that when he's got two rings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that nobody's knocking on the door more than Lamar Jackson. I just yeah. told you all the youngest MVP stats just now if he wins his second one. So um, hopefully Baltimore gets rested. Um, you know, hopefully – uh, you know, they figure out what's, you know, how to how to approach the playoffs in the next two weeks because they're going to be the number one seed. They're going to have a hungry playoff team come visit them in Baltimore. And by all accounts, they should be able to really, really knock them out of, of the mix. But they should still, uh, you know, still kind of be beware too. anything can happen when the postseason starts. Yeah, if I'm John Harbaugh, I, I sit all my starters, especially with the injury luck the Ravens have had in recent years. I'm not playing a single starter i'm playing all my number two guys and that will help in the postseason in my opinion too because when your starters need a breather and when they can't play some snaps those number two guys can come in and they could contribute at a pretty efficient and high level so if i'm hardball i do not play my starters that final game against the steelers i know it's the afc north rivalry those games are always physical and you know the Steelers are trying to ruin Baltimore's day. Do not play Lamar Jackson. Do not play any starter, John Harbaugh. And it's, it was a good weekend for the Harbaughs, by the way. My goodness. <laughs> it was a good weekend for the Har- Harbaugh brothers as well. And, and shout out to Jim Harbaugh to, uh, you know, decline all the questions about his future, even though news got out that he hired an agent just to kind of have his, uh, you know, ducks in order in case either Michigan loses or they even win because, uh, you know, they're not going to have the same team next year. And uh, if there's any good chance to get into the NFL and maybe coach the Chargers, it's this year for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, if, uh, I, if I was Dean Spanos, I would have been at the Rose Bowl meeting him in, in a visiting tunnel. Well, it's not, not, too far, <laughs> not too far up the road, you know what I'm saying? No. I'm pretty sure something like that. Some, some shoulders were rubbed while Michigan yeah, spent right. the whole week in Los Angeles right, right before, the, before the Rose Bowl. Uh, Tyler, I, I want to play a little interesting game with you here. We have a couple teams in the NFL who have a lot to to gain from uh, from either playing or sitting this week, right? So you mentioned the Steelers and the Ravens. You got into it. You started it off for us, um, and I'm, I'm I'm full agreement with you here. I think the uh, the Ravens definitely need to um, you know figure out if they're gonna if they want Lamar on on two games rest to beat you know for him to have that first playoff game or they just want to make everybody healthy and get ready for a playoff run. The Steelers need a win to get in, right? I think the Baltimore Ravens could definitely knock them out. 
um, you know, of the playoff mix with a win as well. I even think Tyler Huntley might be good enough to beat the beat the Steelers, honestly. Um, so if, I'm with you on the Ravens. I think they need to, you know, figure out the running back situation. They need to, you know, you know, figure out the receivers, uh, you know, make sure Patrick Queen ain't on the field, uh, you know, a lot in that second half in this game on Saturday. But they got a head start into the postseason with the first game on Saturday. I, and I agree with you. I think the Ravens need to sit everybody um, as much as I would love to see them punch you know, Pittsburgh kind of out of the playoff mix. Especially in short rest. They played on Sunday. The game is on Saturday. And that should, you know, aid into the decision. Uh, definitely. Uh, but with the Steelers, as you just said, they have to win to get in. And Pittsburgh, we know that they are fighting for their playoff lives. And to me, especially if Baltimore sits their starters, Steelers, especially their defense, the Steelers win games by playing complimentary football. Their offense, when every time the offense scores, is like a bonus. <laughs> really, is really the Steelers' special teams and their defense making game-changing, defining plays that help them lift them to victory. And so I think that's going to be the type of game that we're going to see on Saturday and with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with their playoff hopes on the line. Shout out to Mike Tomlin. 17 straight seasons with a winning record in Pittsburgh. That's how you coach, uh, you know, the, despite all the odds that the Steelers have kind of played right. through this year. Tyler, second game, play or sit. We got the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. The 49ers have locked up the number one seed. Christian McCaffrey is already going to be out with a quote unquote mild calf strain. But you know what that means, right? <laughs> they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna sit their best player, um, and the Rams already have a playoff seed uh, already locked up. Um, they already have a playoff berth, but uh, a win here could give them this, you know, keep them in the sixth seed instead of being the number seven seed here. Uh, Tyler, I think the Rams need to play in this one. Obviously, um, their offense has been dynamic. Kyron Williams mm-hmm. is a monster, um, you know, and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. They're up there with the two best, you know, with the receive best receiving duels in the NFL. As much as I think, I think the 49ers need to sit everybody. I think Brock Purdy maybe plays a half. I think George Kittle plays, you know, the first quarter. Debo, you let Ayuk play maybe into the second quarter. Rest all those guys, you know, and I think the Rams are going to want to win here. I think the Rams' motivation for a win here, Tyler, is if they keep the sixth seed, they could meet Detroit in the playoffs. And Matt Stafford going to Detroit for a playoff game, that would be a sight to see. Like that's 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 what we want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, so stop it. Experience is life's best teacher. And I saw the 49ers play the NFC championship game with no healthy quarterbacks. And so if you don't learn from experience <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> from just last season, I don't know what to tell you. They should mm-hmm. not play a starter one snap, one snap. We've already seen Brock Purdy be nicked up in these games with stingers, his elbow wrapped up a little bit. We've seen Trent Williams uh, be deal with a nagging ankle injuries. We've seen Debo Samuel. I mean, these are your best players now. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm sitting everybody. If I'm 49ers, I'm probably sitting my second string, guys. <laughs> I'm only playing because the 49ers injury luck is just it, yeah. worse than the Ravens. If uh, 
at not on par. So I'm sitting everybody, especially for a meaningless <laughs> game. You're already in the number one seed. And the Rams, they have something to play for. I mean, yes, they're going in the playoffs. They already clinched the playoff berth, but they can drop down to the number seven seed. And for me, the Rams going into the playoffs with momentum is more meaningful for them than most teams because they have a lot of young players. They have a lot of inexperienced players. There's only a few holdovers from that Super Bowl victory a few years ago. So they need the just the mental reps. And then plus they're going up in a hostile environment in Santa Clara Levi Stadium. So that will give them some practice until uh, that next week game when they have to go on the road. I agree. I agree with all the things that you said right there. And also, you know, this game in particular, it's not like the 49ers can knock the Rams out of the playoff mix here, right? Like the Rams mm-hmm. will still be in the playoff mix. So, um, you know, just rest your guys and rest the troops and and look forward to having the number one seed. Uh, the next next matchup I like in this, uh, should they play or sit? Got the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe they're hosting, right? Do I have No, excuse me. They're on the road. The Chiefs Chargers, are in L.A. Yeah. to play the Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs have the number three seed locked up. They can't move up. They can't move down. Um, but that team has the most, like, offensive issues going into the playoffs, right? Like, the Browns might have a better offense than the Chiefs right now because of how things are looking for Patrick Mahomes and the worst receiving crew he's had since he's been in Kansas City with Andy Reid. I think the Chiefs need to play the first half, maybe even three quarters, to find some continuity on offense because um, Pacheco's running hard. He's, he's healthy again. You're not sure about your backup receipt or running backs. Um, Kelsey's had a down year, um, you know, plain and simple. Up up in some regards, down in other regards. Uh, but I think the Chiefs need to play, like, you know, at least the first half, maybe three quarters, and, and hopefully you take some continuity into the playoffs. Yeah, this game is is funny to me because I do believe the Chiefs should play their starters. However, not the whole game, maybe a, a half, uh, no more than three quarters, definitely. And I do think that Andy Reid's going to opt to play his starters because Patrick Mahomes and company played in the preseason. They got those reps. But I still believe the Chiefs win <laughs> playing their backups uh, a half, a quarter, because the Chargers – their best result is a loss. They need to lose so they can get some draft position. There's no reason for the Chargers to win this game. So I believe no matter what, the Chiefs will probably win. And their backups are better than the Chargers' backups. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, Tyler, for the last game in the should they play or should they sit, got the Cleveland Browns going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Not a lot to play for in this Battle of Ohio. The, the Browns already have the fifth seed lockup. Locked up, excuse me. Um, they have nothing to play for in this game, right? Like they already beat the Bengals earlier this year, twenty-four to three, in the season opener. So there's no real like Ohio bragging rights in this one. The real bragging rights is the Browns are going to the playoffs, and the Bengals are already eliminated. Uh, I'm sitting Joe Flacco. Maybe I give him a quarter of work. I don't know, but I'm sitting all those guys. Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett, go take a rest, man. I think you might have Defensive Player of the Year locked up as well. Um, I think Cleveland sits their starters as well, too, and they get ready for a playoff run. And it's amazing to see that Kevin Stefanski's led that team with all they've been through injury-wise from Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb, um, you know, to, to, to be at a point where you're at 11 wins right now is incredible. We already know uh, Amari Cooper is probably sitting. 
And so I believe Kevin Stefanski, you know, takes heed of that and sits most, if not all, of his starters going into the postseason, especially knowing that they have to play on the road the following week. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be a short week, too. So, yeah, they, they definitely need. And then the Bengals, they kind of have something to play for. They want to win that game. It's a home game, I believe, in Cincinnati. It's the Battle of Ohio. They want to go out on a high note on what has been a disappointing season. So at least they can say they beat the Browns. You know Jamar Chase is probably going to play. T. Higgins may or may not play. I know he's dealing with uh, some injuries. But for me, the Bengals are going to play their starters, and they're going to play hard because they want to end the season on a high note while the Browns rest everybody give Cincinnati a dub. All right, Tyler, let's play a game. Another game now. Who has the most to win in meaningless games this this week? There's a bunch of games that are going to be, uh, you know, uh, with a lot on the line for draft position. You know, pride is going to be on the line, like we talked about in the bank for the Bengals and Browns game. Uh, Tyler, the New Orleans Saints are going to host Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. The Saints beat the Buccaneers last week, but they stayed in second place in the NFC South. Meanwhile, the Bucs have to go play the Carolina Panthers, who secured the number one pick for the Chicago Bears on Sunday. So the Bucs win, they're in the playoffs. The Saints win, they're out if the Bucs win. So I know they're going to be keeping an eye on that, but who has the most to gain here? Is it the Falcons or is it the Saints here in this matchup? Well, the Falcons definitely don't have much to play for. I mean, they, they could theoretically still get into the playoffs, but... We all know they're not. The Saints, they're at home. If they lose this game, Derek Carr and company are going to get booed out the building. Definitely don't <laughs> want to lose this game <laughs> with a a, ch- a slim chance of making the playoffs. I do feel sorry for uh, New Orleans, though, because you certainly need Tampa Bay to lose. to the pan- But when you look at who they're playing, they're playing the worst team in football. So it was like, man, we pretty much know – we're not going to go to the playoffs because of all teams that they're going to play and the Bucks, they're playing the worst team in all of football. So I feel sorry for the New Orleans, but they've done this to themselves. They've been inconsistent all year long from Derek Carr on down, and they don't deserve to make the playoffs. While the Bucks, they've kind of exceeded expectations, and they deserve a chance to play probably just only one game in the postseason. <laughs> I, don't, I don't disagree with you there uh good chance they're gonna face the philadelphia eagles who are limping limping towards the finish line the eagles have lost four of the last five games but they're still 11 and 5 they got a chance to go play the new york giants in new york this week uh look philly needs a win yes and i'm sure the giants will be very competitive just because this is their last game of the season they almost beat the rams last week they would love to go beat the Eagles and, and have a win over the NFC North, uh, East opponent. But if I'm the Giants, I'm taking it easy, man. I'm taking it easy. The Giants have a number five pick locked up already. If they mess around and win, they could fall, you know, a couple spots behind in the draft. There's no way they can move up a little bit, you know, unless a team like the, uh, you know, the Commanders or the or the Patriots or the Cardinals win. So if I'm the Giants, I, I you know, I'm going to be competitive, but uh, – I got a number. I need a number five pick, and I need a new quarterback. So uh, I think the Giants need to take a little chill pill and let the Eagles kind of uh, waltz in with the number five seed in the playoffs. 
Well, that's a topic for another podcast. I'm surprised you said the Giants need another quarterback. That that that's a t- yeah. definitely a topic for another podcast. So n- no love for Daniel Jones anymore. He's out of the Big I'm, Apple. Yeah, I mean they should they gave him too much love already, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Gave well, him too much love, in my opinion. Here here in LA, a lot of people are hoping the Giants win uh, the last game so the Chargers can move up to the five pick. But it's, if they're taking quarterback, it really doesn't matter for the Chargers. But when I look at this game, the the Eagles, they need to play their starters. They can't limp into the postseason like this. They cannot do it. And they're playing next week because of their own doing. And they're going mm-hmm. to have to play the first round of the playoffs. They need to enter the playoffs with some type of momentum or they're in danger of being one and done. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. But if the Eagles play how they've been playing, I'm – I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks win. The Bucks are going to be at home. They're going to be they're going to be motivated because they're going to hear, "Oh, the Eagles are going to kill the Bucks. The Bucks have no yeah. chance." So, I I hate to say it, but the Eagles should play their starters. Yeah, I mean the Eagles have to. They will. They will be. I mean, they they already have the number five seed kind of locked up. They gave the Cowboys the NFC East lead and everything like that. Um, I mean, there's no way the Cowboys are going to lose to the Commanders on Sunday, right? right you would think so <laughs> <laughs> well look i think the eagles best chance to you know if they have any chance to win the division they go out and, and win against the giants um more importantly though we're going to talk about this next week for the playoffs when they began but the uh the eagles i mean nick sirianni made the super bowl last year but this collapse and if they lose to tampa bay in the first game of the playoffs that seat's gonna be hot I don't know if it's going to be ready to, you know, fire him and get another coach. I mean, unless Bill Belichick's walking through that door, Nick Sirianni might have his job still. But I don't know, man. I, I think Nick Sirianni is going to have a hot seat for sure uh, at some point in the next month. Maybe those uh, coordinators that he lost uh, during offseason last year uh, had more impact than uh, what originally was anticipated because the Eagles I lost agree. both there their coordinators and now they're kind of scrambling, especially at the defensive side of the football coordinator and the offense leaves a lot to be desired as well. The offensive line hasn't performed up to their standard and the running game, which is a big surprise, which an offensive line has an impact to that hasn't been up to what we anticipated as well. I do think Philadelphia's uh, issues are fixable though. The question is though, if they're going to make those adjustments entering the postseason and in the postseason when a Super Bowl berth is on the line. Tyler, the uh, the Jets and Patriots is an interesting one to me. Uh, the Patriots have a top three pick on the line pretty much. Uh, but with all the rumblings about Bel Belichick potentially, you know, not coaching with the Patriots again, this could be his final game with New England. They're at home against the Jets. Uh, as much as that top three pick is enticing for whoever else is going to be in charge in New England next year, I don't see any way possible that Bill Belichick ends his Patriots career. If so, with a loss against the Jets, man, <laughs> there's no way it's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah I, I believe Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to win this game. They're at home and. If, if this is Bill Belichick's swan song, he wants to go out with a bang, especially 
against a team like the Jets. I mean, how poetic is that? Possibly, most likely, your last game in New England is against the Jets. And I do believe that uh, Patriots are going to have a good performance. And while the Jets, I think the Jets, they're just ready for next year and ready to get it. They're done with this year. They're done. And I think they were pretty much done four plays into the regular season yeah, on week yeah, one, were. unfortunately. They were. And, and my favorite game, uh, you know, this week in the what to play for in a meaningless bowl game, we got the Denver Broncos going to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Broncos are eight and eight out of the playoff mix, especially after losing to the Patriots, um, you know, a, a week or two ago. While you have the Raiders and, and Antonio Pierce, seven and nine, also out the playoff mix. Um, but Antonio Pierce is kind of coaching for, for his next job, uh, while Sean Payton is kind of, you know, locked into the Broncos job. Uh, I'm not sure who has the most to win here. I think it's Antonio Pierce because he's trying to keep his job as the Raiders coach. Um, but I mean, like if Sean Payton enters the offseason with a loss, is it like, will it be a big deal? I, I, I think just losing and not making the playoffs and ruining his relationship with Russell Wilson is definitely a loss on its own. Um, so I think the Raiders are going to I think the Raiders are going to give give the Broncos the business on Sunday. What do you think about that matchup, Tyler? So I gauge matchups, especially at the end of the season, what, about, you know, which team is more in flux. And the Broncos, they're definitely in flux. <laughs> they don't know who their quarterback is going to be. The, the Russell Wilson is on his way out. There's rumblings that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton don't get along. There's, they've been rumblings all season that uh, some of Russell Wilson's teammates aren't really too fond of him. And the Broncos, it just seems like, they were just <laughs> uh, skating on ice the entire season and now it just burst. And while, meanwhile, the Raiders, Antonio Pierce, like you said, he's coaching for his job, a promotion. And the Raiders, while they lost last week, they seem to rally behind him and his message is resonating. And Mark Davis needs to take into account that Antonio Pierce, this is not his staff. He inherited this staff and he's coaching with guys that maybe he doesn't really agree with their philosophy, doesn't agree with their approach. And so he's kind of handicapped, cuffed a little bit. And while he has been handicapped, I mean, capped, the Raiders have been performing at a pretty sufficient level to keep things afloat. I mean, the Raiders are probably the second best team ending the uh, regular season, the AFC West. That's saying something with a rookie quarterback who nobody expected to play with a defense that hasn't been too good, but playing above average and an offensive line that's been sub mediocre and playing, you know, above average as well. So that speaks to what had Antonio Pierce has done as a head coach. And he deserves to be the coach, the real coach, the main coach for Las Vegas. I mean, like, I feel like that's so easy for Mark Davis to uh, to mess up, right? Like, I feel like it, it's it so is. easy for him to mess up. Um, but he, he messed up be before. He messed up yeah. w- uh, with Rich Bisaccia when he could have uh, made him <clears throat> head coach, and instead he went with Josh McDaniels. And what happened with that? It blew up in his face. So, again, mm-hmm. I'll say it again, Zafit. Experience is life's greatest teacher. So what are you going to do? Are you going to learn from your past experiences? Or are you going to just keep on doing the same old, same old? That's the definition of insanity, right? 
Look at look Keep at you, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler became Tyler became a father, and now it's just spoken word of about a life experience. Is ready to pass right. on all this knowledge. Right, right. Pass it on to our fans too. Free knowledge. Free knowledge. Free knowledge. Um, Tyler, let's get into our picks of the week. And you know this is my favorite part of the podcast. And we're gonna start it off real quick, real quick. We both have the Patriots beating the Jets this week, right? Yeah. Patriots All right, cool. beating the Jets. Yeah. Let's get to the playoff game. Let's get to the playoff game. <laughs> Guys, we played a lot of uh, games. You know, who's who should rest or sit, who's gonna win in the meaningless games. But these are the games that you guys have been worried about. These are the games that mean something this week coming up. Tyler, we got two games on Saturday. Uh, the Ravens are going to host the Steelers on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. We mentioned this at the top of the podcast. Um, I think Baltimore rests all their guys. As much as I would love to see the Steel, uh, the Ravens kind of knock the Steelers out of their misery from this season, um, I think that's still going to happen. I think Tyler Huntley, if he's going to start, I think they're going to knock out the Steelers, man. I'm taking the Ravens backups over the Steelers, even though they had a really big win over Seattle last week. I'm going to pick the Steelers solely off the coaching brilliance of Mike Tomlin and what he's been able to do during his tenure in Pittsburgh. And just because the Ravens, this is a warning. Do not play your starters. Don't play anybody. <laughs> not even on defense. Not even offense alignment. Who cares about this game? Go into the postseason on a high note as a number one seed and probably the best team in all football. Definitely. Look, the Pits, the Steelers need a win, and they need some help to get into the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. To you know, to clinch a playoff berth, they need the Bills to lose to the Dolphins. We'll talk about that later. They need the Jags to lose, or they need a tie in the Houston and Colts game. So, a lot on the line for Pittsburgh, but a win could really help them uh, this week. Tyler, let's get into our second pick. Excuse me, our third pick. Really, we got the Houston Texans going on the road to place the Indianapolis Colts. This is for you know, a little bit of the AFC South here, um, a lot on the line. Let me read the stipulations out here for our followers here to see. So uh, Houston clinches the playoff berth with a win. Andy clinches the playoff berth with a win. And the AFC South could be uh, the winner of this game if the Jaguars lose. Right? If the Jaguars don't lose, the winner of this game is still going to make the playoffs. So a lot on the line for Houston and Indianapolis. Uh, Tyler, who you got in this one? This is a game that could sway uh, NFL offensive rookie of the year votes. And I believe C.J. Stroud is going to be lights out this game. And if not the best player in the field, going to be one of the better players on this field. And I just believe Houston They've been kind of the darlings of the NFL, and they've been playing better than expected. And shout out to D'Amico Ryans for his job. I got the Houston Texans. I believe something about that team tells me that they are going to have a really good performance on the road and get that win. Much, much needed win to get in the postseason. Who's been the best? Like if C.J. Stroud doesn't win Offensive Rookie of the Year, like who, who does it go to? Puka Nakua. I, Puka Nakua might be a favorite right now. Yeah, that's that is true. That is very true. Okay, you have a you have a solid case there. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> he might be the, very yeah. 
Puka Nakua, very solid, very he solid might break the reception record and yards rookie record. And it's going to be hard to keep it away from him if he breaks both those records. That's very true. Uh, getting back to Texans Colts game, man. Uh, the Colts lost Anthony Richardson earlier this season. They were playing around with Jonathan Taylor and his contract. Uh, for Gardner Minshew and Jonathan Taylor to come back, and Zach Moss and Michael Pittman, um, and the new Colts coach, uh, you know Shane Steichen for having the Colts in contention like this in his first season. All of that, um, heck of a coaching job by him. Um, you know, I put it up there with Kevin Stefanski this year. Put it up there with what uh, Dan Campbell's done with the Lions. Put it up there with what John Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan have done with their teams. This has been a very, very impressive coaching uh, season for for the Colts this year and and Steichen, and, and especially with the fact that like the Jonathan Taylor thing was so confusing earlier this year, mm-hmm. and he kind of navigated that. But I'm going with Houston in this one too, Tyler. I think Stroud is going to be the best player on the field. Um, his his receivers Noah Brown has hurt a little bit, but Nico Collins should be enough. Dalton Schultz should be enough. Um, I think Houston kind of sees what's there to play for here. And, like, they're not going to limit to the playoffs and, like, lose. Like, I think if the Colts make the playoffs, they're out the first game. Houston definitely mm-hmm. is going to be a challenge for whoever they face in that definitely. first game. I think Houston's going to win this game because they're they're much better than Indy. Tyler, this is a big game in the NFC North. Big game in the NFC North. Uh, we got the Chicago Bears heading to Green Bay to face the Packers at Lambeau Field. Uh, the Packers got eliminated from playoff contention last year by the Lions and Aaron Rodgers last game in Green Bay. The Bears have an opportunity to do the same thing to the Packers this year. Uh, the Packers are looking at a at the number seven seed. They're eight and eight right now. A win would help them get in. A loss would be, you know, a disaster for one of the youngest teams in the NFL here. Tyler, I don't I don't know if the Packers have enough offense to make this happen. They've got they've got some receiver uh, health receiver uh, issues there. Um, you know, Christian Watson missed the last couple games. Romeo Dobbs has been holding it together. They had another receiver out with the chest injury after he played well. I'm going with Chicago in this one. I'm going to pick the Bears. I think the Bears wow. have nothing to lose. Uh, they just put up 37 points last week on the Falcons. Uh, DJ Moore and, and, and Justin Fields, um, a pretty dynamic duo, if you ask me, um, because I have DJ Moore on my fantasy teams. <laughs> he's been lighting it up. I think Justin Fields needs one more game to kind of lock up all that talk about Chicago having the number one pick and should they get Caleb Williams and stuff again. Like this has been his fate the last two years, um, you know, because of the fact that the Bears have owned the number one pick. I think this is going to be a big Justin Fields game. Um, I think the Packers are going to lose at home and they're going to be out of the playoffs again, Tyler. So the Bears are quietly playing really good football. They've won four of their last five. And I like how you brought up Justin Fields because he's definitely playing for something. He's playing for his job mm-hmm. as a starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Because I can tell you right now, the Bears have not made the decision. They're going to look at this game as part of their evaluation on whether or not they should keep Justin Fields as their quarterback for the foreseeable future. So hold on, hold on, hold on. But I, I want to touch on that real quick. If the Bears okay. are using this game to evaluate Justin Fields' future, everybody on the Bears' future needs to be evaluated. All right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's probably the best it's quarterback part, they're going to have. Huh? Part of the evaluation. No, no, no. Not I think evaluation should be done. Mm-hmm. The Bears have so many more problems that they have to figure out. The GM needs to make some right, better decisions. Right. 
Eberflus, if I'm win or lose, I might fire Eberflus in this game here. Like this might be his second win in the NFC North in what two, three seasons. I don't think he's the coach to lead Chicago through all of this here. They are rebuilding. This is a thorough rebuild because they got the number one pick again, and they're going to sell it and get some more draft picks and get some more playmakers and things like that. But this should not be an evaluation game for Justin Fields. To to me, I believe it should be part of the evaluation because how good Caleb Williams can be and players like we just saw what Michael Penix could do. He deserves some love too. And when you look at that, it's like, okay, let's take a hard look at Justin Fields, his whole body of work, especially these last few games. And do we believe he can be a better quarterback right now and in the future, better than any quarterback available in the draft. Now to me, I would say keep Justin Fields trade back and get some more assets. If you're able to get two first round picks, maybe get Harrison, somebody else, Mm -hmm. that would be really good for the Bears. But I getting back on the subject, the Packers to me, they're playing at home and they have some momentum. I think the Packers are going to get this game. They're going to win. And that's going to make the decision even harder for Chicago on whether or not they should keep Justin Fields. We'll talk Plus, about I like the drama, Soffit. I like the drama. Yeah, I love, have the, I love the drama. I love the drama, too. That's probably the most drama-filled game besides our next one. But I think the Bears already decided that Justin Fields was better than Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. They might have some Stroud regret. Who knows? But um, I think the decision might be already made. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Tyler, the most intriguing game on the schedule is on Sunday Night Football. We've I've personally have not talked about the Dolphins the whole podcast (laughs) (laughs) until now for our very thorough assessment of this Bills Dolphins game on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Winner of this game will win the AFC East. The Bills have won the division the last three seasons, I believe. So this could be number four. The Dolphins have not won this division since 2008. This is also for the number two seed in the AFC playoff race. The Bills were five and five at one point this season, mm-hmm. and now they have 10 wins. Uh, they're knocking on the playoff door. Um, they're going to be in the playoffs, right? They're going to be in the win or lose. Yeah. They're going to be in the playoffs, Buffalo yeah. is. Um, Tyler, my, my little Dolphin fan heart is not ready for Sunday. I know what's going to happen, too. I think <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't matter how bad Josh Allen plays. He's always Superman against the Dolphins. Like, I don't know what happened on that pre-draft visit. I think I think Josh Allen wanted to be in Miami and Buffalo picked him first. It was the right move for the Bills, obviously. I think Buffalo comes into Miami and I think they take it away from the Dolphins, man. I'm picking the Bills. I'm not picking the Dolphins. They haven't shown me. I, I'm I'm down on Miami, man. I'm down on my I'm down on Miami, Tyler. Can't believe I said it, but it's true. I'm picking the Bills. I, I just had to pinch myself. I didn't know if I was dreaming or not because I, I know I'm tired, but I, I had yeah, to I know you are, Tyler. This is not a delusion. This is real. Wow, you. This has been a bad collapse by the Dolphins, man. The um, that Titans lost a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football really, really hurt them. At this point, they should be one of the teams resting their starters. Division locked up, number two seed locked up. All of that should have been happened already, and it's not. They they caught themselves in the situation here. The Dolphins lose, like they might go to Kansas City for the first playoff game. Tyler, it's 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 an incredible collapse if they lose <laughs> this game. 
Um, I'm picking Buffalo, oh, man. man. I just I seen this story before. Who you got, Tyler? Who you got? I'm just smiling because this is karma, Soffit. This is karma <laughs> for just all the texts you sent me this year when you uh-huh. know all the LA teams were performing bad, especially the Chargers and even the Lakers. The text you I get from you when my my teams in my hometown perform bad. So this is just karma for you, Soffit. And but honestly, there's a level of me since I have a heart. There's Maybe three percent of me, three percent, stop it. Kind of feels bad for the Dolphins because they've had some bad injuries at the very end of the season. Uh, Bradley Chubb, man, unfortunately going down with the season-ending injury. Then you got Waddle still banged up, battling his injury. So the Dolphins, they're like the walking wounded heading into this game, and you're playing a Buffalo Bills team that is red hot and probably playing like a top three football team in the NFL. So the the only silver lining for the Dolphins is, is this game is at home. Because if this game was in Buffalo, it would have been a massacre. I do believe the Dolphins keep it semi-competitive. However, what? Semi-competitive. However, I got the Bills winning this game and them winning the AFC East. You're going to be there, right, Soffit? Yeah, I'll be there Sunday okay, night to good. watch it all, man. Yeah, good. I, I want uh, you to watch it in person. Watch it be <laughs> down in person. I want you to witness it live in person, in the flesh. Yeah, it's just tough, man. The Dolphins are kind of limping into this one. Raheem Mostert um, tied with Christian McCaffrey with 21 total touchdowns this year, um, dealing with knee and ankle injuries. Didn't play against the Ravens last week. Uh, who knows if he'll be available for this one. Uh, Jalen Waddle, their second receiver behind Tyreek Hill. High ankle sprain, may not play. I mean, Tyreek Hill's played the last two games has not looked like the Tyreek Hill we saw the first 11 games, 10 games of the season, right? Um, he's definitely, you know, kind of left a little bit on the table the last two games because he hasn't quite 100%. Then you look on defense. They just lost Bradley Chubb for the year on a, on a torn ACL in garbage time. They already lost Jalen Phillips, their other star edge rusher. Uh, mm-hmm. Jerome Baker, their middle linebacker, gone, you know, may not play, might come back for the playoffs if he's okay dealing with the knee sprain, um, and Xavier Howard has a foot injury. Not sure if he comes back at all this year, uh, but there could be potential in the playoffs. We'll see. Um, I don't like their, the Dolphins' chances against Josh Allen without two starting edge rushers and a starting corner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though yeah. you know Jalen Ramsey could could shadow Stephon Diggs um, and Josh, I, I I don't know, man. This is a really bad matchup for Miami. It's all it always has been. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Safi, but your Dolphins, they're going to limp into the postseason, and then they're going to be one and done as well. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be on the road the postseason, man. In a year where they led the division the whole year, they're going to be on the road. It would be a sight to see. Well, guys, thank you for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. Happy New Year. We're wishing you all the best in your 2024, and uh, we cannot wait to see how the playoffs unfold the playoff picture kind of take shape um you know next week when they begin so thanks for listening and we'll be in touch with you guys next week